One Chapel presents Weekday Church, living out Sunday in a Monday world, a weekly podcast where we talk about what it means to practice the ways of Jesus throughout the week. On today's episode, we have Pastor Zach Silver, my friend. Zach, how you doing? Doing so good. Uh, yesterday, church was phenomenal. Um, so I'm eager to get into this conversation. How do we live this, this idea of rest? So uh, excited to be with you guys. Yeah, it was phenomenal, and it has actually been a phenomenal series. And so we also have the architect of that series and our church, our lead pastor, my good friend. We please welcome uh, Ross Parsley. Ross, how you doing? Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's so good to be here. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> I, I do think we touched on a nerve that was significant when we talk about Sabbath um, and really how to flourish in life in, in a way that recreates life in you. And so, you know, I just think it's so helpful to be able to come here and um, talk about, kind of flesh it out, apply what we're learning, what we're teaching, and kind of make it super practical here. Yeah, that's why we're doing a podcast, right? We're doing it because what I've found is people, and I think what we've all found, people hear the message, Mm -hmm. they say amen, and then Monday really comes and hits you in the face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to have another tool where we wrestle through these things because honestly, what you say, Ross, all the time is pastors are people too. Mm -hmm. Us three are people too. We're trying to live this out in our own life. Yeah. We're wrestling with it real time. I think that's why it's valuable. Zach, why do you think it's valuable to do a podcast like this? Yeah, I think I think the real power happens when we live it out. It's just um, I find it myself. I, I love ideas. Like I can be just addicted to mm-hmm. collecting ideas, and I almost feel like a sense of value. And I don't know. Like it, I feel like I'm being spiritual if I have truth in my head. And there's there that's true, but that's just the f- the foundation. Every like actually everything stands on that, and it, it's about living it out together. And so I think having this conversation to contextualize and to um, bring it really practical and like ground to earth, bring it bring it down to earth is just really really important. So there's many reasons, but those are some of them. Yeah, we're going to talk about big ideas and then practical ways to apply them, and then we're going to also wrestle with the tension and what we're asking people to do. And so I think there's a lot of tension here. Um, one thing that hit me yesterday, Ross, as you were talking, you were talking about money being a big re- like driver for us, money being a big thing of like, okay, part of the reason we have such a hard time resting, such a hard time practicing the Sabbath is because we're always trying to earn more. We're always trying to acquire more. But I actually am not sure that's the truth for everyone. And my fear was, as you're saying that, some people are like, well, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to earn all the money. I'm not trying to do that. And what I was thinking is like what people are actually trying to do, so many people in our church or just the world at large, is we're trying to be productive. We're actually addicted to productivity, and that's the reason why we have such a hard time resting. Is that true? Not true? Is that crazy? Well, you might have been texting during that section of my talk, but I, <laughs> I really think uh, what, I, what I was talking about there, I, I use the phrase, we all know time is money. And... God has a really significant opinion about how you view and how you use your time and your money. But really what time and money equates to is what you give your attention to. What do you give your attention to most? And so I think you may be right that, that the attention isn't necessarily money, but it's really attention to the need to be producing, to the need to make something happen all the time, the need to be so active that we don't know how to stop. We don't know how to slow down. 
And one of the things that I'm convinced of is that we, we have a lot of good things in our lives. And I said this yesterday, we, there's good things. All the stuff that we do, the hobbies, the getting together with friends, the going out uh, for a girl's night or a, or a guy's night out, they, the, doing stuff with our kids, all the stuff that we do with our kids that starts to take over our lives. These are all good things. The problem is we're ODing, we're overdosing on these good things and not understanding what God's definition of flourishing in to create life, to recreate life. Recreation is recreation. It's recreating the life that God has for you. And I think the secret to that is Sabbath. Yeah, I think as I was thinking about productivity, and I love what you're saying about too much of a good thing. Mm -hmm. I thought about my wife. She would throw these birthday parties, especially when my kids were little, that would make like, you know, Oracle or Tesla or Facebook jealous. I mean, they were like epic corporate events. Yeah, with like I've seen swag your, I've bags seen you, and t-shirts. I've seen your wife do that. Unreal. It's amazing. Unreal, unreal. And it and it was work and effort and energy. And she's awesome at it. But it's like she did it because she wanted to create special moments for mm-hmm. our kids. You know, we have these things, and like that's such a beautiful thing. But sometimes this idea of like, okay, I got to make every moment special. I got to turn everything into an Instagram photo. Mm-hmm. Um, it can take over your life. Yeah, and I think it's taken over a lot of people's life, much more so, at, at least church people, uh, more so than the yeah uh, money. I, I I love this this. Uh yeah, this just this idea of productivity, and um, I think some of it is a byproduct of our society. You know, it's just like we we will benefit if we are busier. It's just like we will get more status and more stuff and more money, and so we're almost incentivized and even congratulated when we're busy. Um, but this there's this thing that I think is underneath that motivation for productivity. Let me put it this way, like when I'm talking to people and I do it myself and you guys you might see it too. It's just like, how are you doing? So often people are, they'll say, oh, good. Just so busy, right? Do you, am I wrong? Like you hear that a lot? Um, a lot. And it's just, it's just so normalized. It's like I'm busy. And I think it's because underneath it, they, they really want to be productive. And underneath that, it's really because they they have this desire and I have this desire to be significant or to be important. And so the busier I am, the, the more work I'm doing, the more productive I'm doing, the more significant I am. And so it's almost like coming against this feeling of being insignificant. Does that make sense? Because I think deep down inside, we're made for significance. Like we're made in God's image, but then we, we kind of get captured by the vision of the world and their idea of flourishing and then we get sucked into the, the, you know, the vortex of busyness. But it's really a desire for more. What do you guys yeah. think about that? I think yesterday when I said to the crowd, I said, you know what's really taking over our lives is kids' sports. And it was, I, there was an audible gasp in the room. Like it was like, oh, what is he saying? And, and so the underlying problem there is not I want something for me. It's I, I have to do this for my kids. And what really breaks my heart is we have parents who don't realize they are training their kids about what's important and whatever they're involved in is what's important. So they skip church. They don't go to youth group on Wednesday night. They have all these other things that are more important, uh, you know, uh, sports and, and all these things that, that are going to make their lives flourish. 
And then their kids get to college and they turn their backs on God. Well, is it any wonder why? We didn't, we didn't make the most important thing something that brought our attention to God. And I, and I, and I think the practice of the Sabbath, I mean, it, it is a way for all the way to Genesis 1 that forces us to stop. It forces us to, to slow down and to allow God to reevaluate what we're doing, to be reminded of who we are and how much he loves us to replenish all the stuff we've given out. And we've got to try to make room for that. And Sabbath doesn't have to be 6 o'clock Friday night to 6 o'clock Saturday. It can, be, it can be any day of the week that you want to. It's not like that day is special. Uh, but some day has to be special. If you want to follow the rhythm that was established in all of creation by God himself when he made the world in Genesis 1. You know, Zach, one other thing that you said before the before we jumped on was um, we almost feel guilty as Christians mm. about, like, taking time off or even having fun. Like, Ross, you use the word recreation mm-hmm. uh, for this. And I was like, that's, like, Sabbath is probably the obvious headline, but you use recreation. Why recreation instead of Sabbath? Yeah, it was, I'll let Zach talk in a second, but I, I, I use that as a way to say, hey, we're supposed to play. I like what Eugene Peterson says. Eugene Peterson said, Sabbath is about praying and playing. It's about both. It's not about one or the other. And I just think our fantasy football leagues, uh, our, our stuff that we do for hobbies to kind of take our attention off of the work that we don't like doing, all the other things that are, that are not bad, they're just taking over instead of uh, doing this thing that God has designed us for. What do you think, Zach? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, you touched on it earlier. You know, we can tend to overdose on recreation. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and it's like, I was just asking myself, and I want to ask you guys, like, why do we have this tendency? Like, we are almost numbing ourselves to death with certain recreation. And we're also kind of killing ourselves with overworking sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is that? And I, and I think one of the factors is that we just have a higher tolerance for delight because we've allowed sin into our life, I think, in some ways. And so sin is like the counterfeit delight. And just track with me here. I, I know it's kind of funny language, but it's like you're delighting your senses or whatever. You're, you're appeasing your needs, and you're finding sin to do that. And so then to find something equal to that delight or intense, um, we end up overdoing it, and we're just like finding ourselves feeling a little hollow. And so I, you know, how do we actually do this recreation, this, this Sabbath-like recreation in a way that it's really life-giving and not just trying to yeah, be I, a, like a replacement I think the thing that for the world's version. makes it special is that we're identifying with the way God made the world. Like, if you go back to Genesis 1, it's very clear. God gets all the way to day six. He creates humans, and then humans—this is so fascinating. I think I got this from you last week, Zach— when we were talking about it, is the first day of humans' lives, their first orientation to God. They created on day six. The next day is when God rested. And I think we have to get that into our heads. God, who doesn't need a vacation, he's not tired, he's not sleepy, he's not grumpy. He doesn't have all these problems to overcome. He rested. And the human's first orientation to God was rest and joy delight, worship, 
connection with him. That's the first day. I, I just think we can't underestimate how important that is as a building block of what life for humans was supposed to be like, what it was supposed to look like, what, it was, what, what produces life and flourishing. And I think Jesus comes all these years later after lots of war and violence and um, all kinds of tyranny and all kinds of um, habits and sins that start to give us, we, we start counterfeiting all the things that God intended for us. And then he says, hey, <laughs> you're filling your life with this thing. I'm, the thief is coming and he's stealing and killing and destroying you. And I think you can look around and see it. We're being destroyed by our entertainment. We're being destroyed by our need for productivity. We're being destroyed by the way we measure ourselves. And we measure ourselves, we're, af- we're afraid to stop is, the, is the, essentially the, the problem. And the Sabbath is about stopping and resting. And there's something we have to think about. There's something we have to, to visit when we decide we're gonna stop. We have to look at our soul. We have to allow God to speak into our lives. I think it is a powerful, powerful change agent. What I tell the church yesterday it was, is that I'm going to give them the secret to the presence of God being consistently in your life and a way to live out your faith in the most practical way possible. And I think it's the Sabbath. Yeah, it's powerful. That's powerful. So I'm curious. What is and isn't allowed on the Sabbath? Like, just straight up, like, <laughs> this is okay, this is not okay, legalism Larry is here, you know, whatever else. <laughs> like, really getting into it of, like, because I had that conversation several times uh, at lunch and the lobby and that sort of stuff of, like, okay, I hear you, Sabbath, I'm in. What's allowed, what's not allowed? I mean, I think the uh, a question even behind that is, like, should, should we do the Sabbath? Um, do we have to do the Sabbath? And so do I have to do the Sabbath? And so there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, debate that we are free from the obligation of the Sabbath. Um, And some of those conversations I find are really rewarding and their motives are really good, you know. Um, And there's other conversations where I can tell they're coming from like a legalistic place or they're coming from like a hyper grace and they're like they're using the grace of God. And and both camps on that regard, like kind of cringe me out. Um, but I think that it's, it's good to talk about, but in short, just for anyone who's listening, hey, I, want think just we like should, a, a, I think we should stop there and just, just mine for the, for that. Just a second, Zach, I think you're onto something okay, sure. because Jesus did violate the Sabbath <laughs> and he did it on purpose. And there's people who, who would say, Pastor Ross, I think it's okay if I, if I get, if I, if I don't practice the Sabbath. And I think the answer to your question about Jesus violating the Sabbath and New Testament people who uh, believe that we're not bound by Old Testament law, it's the same idea uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, and then he would quote a law, and he would say, but I'm telling you, you need to live from the deeper motivation of your heart. Let your heart be changed so your actions um, don't uh, own you and enslave you. And I, I think it's, a, it's not too much to say that Jesus, when he was violating the Sabbath with his, 
with his um, disciples. He was doing it to poke the Pharisees and their legalistic religious attachment to the Sabbath. I mean, it is one of the Ten Commandments. You realize this, right? It's, it's one of the big ten. And so you've so you, you got to take it seriously. But Jesus says this one phrase, and it's so profound. He says it in Mark 2.27. He says that you, you un- don't understand this, that man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. In other words, it's a gift. It's a gift. And the bottom line is you don't have to obey the Sabbath. You don't have to practice it, but you get to practice it. And when you do practice it, there's something that you invite in of the Holy Spirit and the work of God in your life. Hebrews 4 talks about the rest of God, the rest of God that we enter into uh, through Christ so that every day is lived differently, not just the Sabbath. But the Sabbath creates a rhythm, and it creates a return, a reset every week. It's a gift to be able to, to enjoy. It's a gift to enter into, and it's a gift from God. And Jesus was highlighting it when he said, God has given it to you for your benefit. So that's beautiful. I love that specific thing because I think it's so important to get the heart of it. Otherwise, you're going to miss it. But now assuming people have the heart of it. I'm yep. going to ask it again, like, what is it, what can you do and can't you do on the Sabbath? And I asked that partially because, Ross, we went to Israel together. We got to mm-hmm. see it firsthand and they take it really seriously. Like there, there are certain elevators you can't use. There are restaurants not open. There are all sorts of things that are not there. So for us as Americans, contextualizing it, all this sort of stuff, what is and isn't a lot, like, can I clean my garage yeah. you know, and do a big garage <laughs> yeah. project during the Sabbath? Like, can yeah. I, like... What is and what isn't allowed if it's like, okay, I want to do this in a way that is beneficial, that is doing what you describe? Yeah, I can answer, I can answer that, uh, or at least attempt to. Maybe I'll give you a response. It's not an answer. It's a response. Um, rest or Sabbath is really about rest, and it's about worship. If I'm going to try to use the most just plain language, it's rest and worship. And so I would look at my day or like my week, and it's like, is this restful to my soul and to my family and like, to, to my life, and is it worship? And if they both overlap, then I think it's Sabbath-worthy conduct. And so for one person, it's like reading is really restful, and I get to read maybe content that is life-giving, and then it's worship. For someone else, it's really laborious, and it's like, I don't, I don't want to read right now. It's like, don't do it. Like, that's okay. Like, we have different personalities. Maybe for someone, it's like doing yard work is, is really restful, and someone else, it's work. So I think it's, that's the beauty of, of the covenant of grace that we're in with the Spirit. And in union with God, am I connected with him when I do this? Is it worshipful and does it restore my heart? I think that would be uh, a suitcased version of like how to um, measure what, what is Sabbath worthy, if you will. As you were talking about that, I was thinking about mowing my yard, and which I did on Saturday. And I think about mowing my yard a little bit like Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall, before sin, and how there's a certain joy in it and a certain cultivation that God uh, invited them into of his good world. And certainly I got a lot of thorns and stuff. The ground is a lot harder to work now (laughs) after the fall, but I still do enjoy getting 
my hands dirty and mowing the lawn sometimes on a Saturday. Most of the time I try to get my kids to do it, but I do enjoy it when I do it. And so I think, I think the... I think there's a lot of ways in which we could interpret the Sabbath, but if you, if you, if you, if you give it too much leeway, then you don't end up maybe intersecting with God's desires for you. It's not just whatever you want to do. So we should put some, you know, one of the best people who I think have written on this is John Mark Comer from his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and I just recommend that to all the, anybody who's listening. And he says... And he says, um, he says, you got to stop. You got to cease, stop working, take a break, both paid and unpaid work. And I, he, there's this story that I heard. I don't know if he tells it, but this about this store in New York City called B&H. And it's a store that sells a lot of different equipment. And it's got Jewish owners and they practice Sabbath, but they practice it even on their website. And so they, they close it down. There's a banner that comes up on their website on Saturdays, and it closes, it closes the website down, and it says, we're able to stop because we respond to a higher authority, which I think is what the magic of stop producing, stop trying to produce something, stop trying to work. On Saturdays, I just try not to do anything about the church. I try not to do anything about, um, you know, getting ready for the message. I, I prepare it, I get it ready on Thursday night, and I try not to look at it again until Saturday, uh, until Saturday night at 6 p.m. after the Sabbath is over. And that's a hard thing to do. And I think it's really hard when we, we all carry around a office that's in our pocket it's in our hands and it's in and it's we're yeah. accessible day and night we gotta you gotta figure out how to stop that you gotta stop that to, by putting your phone in a basket you're gonna stop it we used by, to actually have to go sorry i'm coming in yes, sir. Um, we used to actually have to go to go to a place to work mm-hmm. and back in the 90s for everyone yeah. now we just have to literally roll over in bed in the morning and, and unlock our phone, our phone and our work just comes and invades us so we have to be very intentional about which, this stuff which, for sure. Which reminds me of what we talked about yesterday, which is Sabbath is rest and resistance. And this is the hardest thing I think we have to do deal with is there's a, there's a resistance. And I, I think this is another John Mark Comer concept, but we resist what the culture offers us, what it pushes to us. And, and the Sabbath, at, at the very least, is simply resistance of the world's ways and the wor- and the culture of our coming to us and and bombarding us and our minds and yeah. our souls and the same thing happened in the Exodus uh, story where God delivered His people from Egypt and then He set up the Sabbath again as part of. It wasn't a creation story at that point. It was in Exodus. It's the Exodus story in the wilderness. Practice the Sabbath, and he tells them to do it again and how important it is because they were indoctrinated with the ways of Egypt. And so resistance is really the problem that we have to, and that's why you have to stop. You have to find a way to stop, and, and that's practical. Stop everything from taking you on a treadmill. And sometimes that's going to include kids' sports. Sometimes, like we had a rule in our house, one kid sport. Now, we had five kids, so it was kind of a problem. But we had one kid sport per season, maybe two. 
but that's all we could handle. It was too much otherwise. And every and the and each kid had to learn how to support the other one and that was all valuable character building stuff. But it's not about getting rid of all kids sports, maybe it's just about limiting it. You know, it's stopping, stop working, stop trying to make stuff happen, stop trying to be per, so productive and and then and then he so I'll finish my little outline, John Mark's outline. It's stop, rest, delight and contemplate. Stop, rest, delight in 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 God's world, delight in what you're doing, delight and and then contemplate God in the middle of it. Go ahead, Zach. No, I was just I was going to go back and forth with you a little bit on the resistance thing. Um but but I, I think that it's I find something fascinating about Jesus and his the way he does Sabbath was almost like an act of resistance as well. But it was like inversed. It was like he was resisting to the pharisaical way of Sabbathing. And so I would probably push back and say he didn't violate the Sabbath, but he was pushing back at like the, the way that the Pharisees were telling everyone to do it. Don't heal on the Sabbath. You're not allowed to do that. And he's like, I'm the embodiment of the Sabbath. <laughs> like just, I'm the, I'm the Sabbath in flesh and blood and I'm healing on this day. I'm fulfilling it. I'm not violating it. That's maybe semantics, but, but I think there's something to be said about this resistance. It's like resistance against work and it's resistance against religiosity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. When we were, you know, again in Israel, one thing that really jumped out to me is like their Friday night dinner is like a party. The Shabbat, <laughs> yeah. when they go, yeah. it's like a big party and a kickoff. And I think that's kind of counterintuitive of like, oh, this is actually a celebration that they do. And every week it's like we kick off. It's kind of like what we would do for the Super Bowl or like when we're in Austin and when UT plays, dude, every house in my neighborhood there are banners there are flags there are dudes in the front lawn grilling and it's like hey this is a special day like sabbath should feel like a ut football day in a, in a way of like okay it's the, it's this like kind of celebration and party um yeah. i think what i'd answer of a really practical way to do it is two things one i'd pray about it <laughs> god what do you want me to give up for yeah. the sabbath like mm-hmm. like bring it to god and ask yep. him and just be really open-handed of like okay what does that look like and it may be kids' sports, it may not. There may be a variety of things. Two, I think for all of us, uh, my friend Glenn Packiam talked about when they'd go on a Sabbath every Friday night, they would, as part of their big celebration dinner kickoff, they had like the box and they'd put all their phones in it and they'd shut them down and lock them up. And it was just like, I think nothing crushes the Sabbath more than phones. Um, and yeah. I think they're really, really hard to give up for a thousand reasons. Yeah. But man, if there's a place that I'd say to start and I'm preaching at myself mm-hmm, <laughs> and feeling yeah. like, uh, I have seasons where I do this well and seasons where I don't. But if you can put your phone away, just that is probably 95% of the battle. I yeah, so agree with that. But I think things like napping, reading, biking, eating great food, uh, doing stuff with your family, uh, creating us an enjoyment atmosphere the sabbath was made for enjoyment and man you gotta just get rid of the stuff that that crowds out your joy and to be clear just to be straightforward i mean we just we we're gonna do a serve day at our church we're gonna send everybody out to serve the community we're gonna serve these organizations and ministries and stuff and it's gonna be great but it's on a saturday right and there's jesus was really clear he said look 
you guys are hypocrites because you are so hard on me or my disciples for picking some grain on our way through a cornfield. But the truth is, or healing a guy on a Sabbath day, but the truth is when your donkey falls into the ditch, you, you go and get it because you have to. And God's not mad at you for having to do something that was work-related on the Sabbath because an emergency came up or a crisis came up. And so you, you, that's okay. The Sabbath isn't a legalistic rule to be obeyed. It is a rhythm to be enjoyed. And the problem is we treat everything like a crisis. <laughs> so, so we just can't seem to let it go. And so every Saturday there's an interruption. Every week there's an interruption. We don't have a rhythm that's in, that's in creation, a rhythm that God established in creation of six and one, six and one, six and one, and that rhythm creates its own energy. I, I think this, I know I'm talking weird language here, but there's Holy Spirit, God, and his power, there's his energy in his love and his delight in you and his acceptance of who you are, even in your flawed nature when you just stop and say god i'm just gonna let i'm gonna let this day belong to you whatever that means and i'm gonna enjoy myself i'm gonna enjoy what's around me i'm gonna enjoy my yard i'm gonna enjoy my kids but we're not going to try to do all this stuff and and feel like i'm just pressured and always trying to address a crisis that's really what we're trying to get people to do and i think if you do that you will flourish recreationally which was the topic yesterday yeah, I love the idea of recreation is recreate. I think yeah. we were saying that earlier. We were talking about that. But, like, I think that's the biggest idea of all this is, Zach, you were talking about you look at a day, and you just look at it, and you say, does this recreate energy, fuel? Does this kind of fill my tank back up? Do I have that once a week? I can't wait yeah. until, you know, July 15th when I'm going to have two weeks in Cozumel. Like, that's too late. Like, that's I need right. something this week to actually refuel and so like, and truly refuel. Yeah. Um, I am curious, one thing, one debate that came up that I've been having in my friend circles is, okay, what if the husband is an extrovert and the wife is an introvert? My idea of recreation and mm -hmm. refuel and worship and delight is having a bunch of people over and having a big meal. And his idea is like watching Dallas Cowboys for six hours. Like what is, you know, how do you deal with that? I was actually going to just, I was going to talk about that in, from a different angle, but I do think it's really important to um, take an inventory of the way you work and um, what your desires are as an individual. And then, you know, with marriage is you're, you're two individuals, but you're sharing one life. And so practicing, you know, the selfless, self-giving love. These are my desires. Those are your desires. Let's see where they overlap. Let's definitely put those on the list. And then let's compromise, I guess, or let's harmonize as much as we can in light of our differences. And maybe it's as practical as one week we're going to do it what I like, and then the other week you're, we're going to do what you like. And it could be just as pragmatic as that. Um, so, But I think first step is what do I actually need? What does he or she actually need? And then working together. And, man, there's so much beauty in just like that's, that's marriage. Right. That's like basically what marriage is. <laughs> um, it there's is. something special about about that coming together. So that'd be that'd be one thing is definitely getting on the same page with your spouse and yourself about it for sure. I think marriage is a serving opportunity. It is a it is a way that you learn how to surrender part of your life to the other person. 
And I think at the end of the day, Sabbath is about surrendering. <laughs> and so it wouldn't be a surprise that you have to surrender your way <laughs> of enjoying the Sabbath for the sake of another person, which makes you more like Jesus. Like that's just so the worldview that we're talking about here. And Sabbath is really a worldview that says, you know what? God is in charge of my life. I don't have to have everything my way, nor do I have to produce everything that I need. I must include God in my world. And I'm, I'm, I mean, as a pastor, to be honest, Saturday is the hardest day to give up. For years, I didn't know how to do it because Sunday was coming and Sunday's the big day. Sunday's the day you're speaking, you're getting up, you're doing your thing and you're just, your mind is on it. And it took me a real, real discipline. It took me having a come to Jesus moment where, okay, do I really believe that Jesus is in charge of my life? Do I, and this is more poignant, do I really believe that God is in charge of the church or is it all just rest on me? And of course, the easy for all of all of us to answer is, of course, it's God's church. Well, Pastor Ross, what do you, what's your problem? But when you ask the same thing about your job, you see how hard it is. Is God going to be involved in my job? Is he going to grant me favor and help me if I give this day up? And I, I think the 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 answer is clear as you look at the scriptures and you hear people's stories if you'll give god one day you can do more in six with god having one day than you could do by yourself without god in seven days well i mean i was just gonna say i think it's totally right and i think I love the idea of like, okay, stop and think about what do I need for, like, why do we even talk about this? It seems so obvious of like, oh, you should rest. It's like, yeah, it's good. It's like, yes, you should do it, but we don't do it. And I think where it starts is like, okay, stop and reflect on like, what do you need? What refuels you? What refuels your family or, you know, whatever, you know, your kids, kids are a part of it or whatever your household looks like, like what refuels that? And then two, it's what you're saying, Ross, having the faith. Of like, okay, do I actually believe this is going to work? And you can't do everything. Letting some things go. I think, if I'm, I'm just going to be honest, because this, this is the podcast for it. Um, I think one of the things that brings me the most grief <laughs> about Sabbath and about pastoring our amazing people is like, I'm like, if you just, all I'm asking, all God is asking us to do is pleasure stack a bunch of stuff on a day and include him into it. Like just be so intentional about bringing God and his presence into your day and just stack it with pleasure, the things that bring you joy. And that's it. You know, like, of course it expands from there, but I think why it's, why it's maybe thing, something that I wrestle with is this, we don't, I don't sometimes know how to do it. It's just like, how do I actually bring God into this? Like, I feel like I have work mode and then I have ministry mode or I have, I have work mode and then I have prayer mode. It's like, God's like, it's, you know, it's all overlapping. And so it's a reminder for myself. It's a reminder for our church. Like that Sabbath is not just a day off. It's like, it's to the Lord. It is to the Lord. So God, what do you want? Like, I know that you can have a better plan of, of, pleasure. I mean, it's kind of like provocative language, but I don't, you know, it's just like for pleasure and delight in my life than I do. So 
I, I love you and you love me. What do we, what do we want to make this day look like? Um, so I don't know. I'm just wrestling with this concept of like making sure that we're intentional about bringing God into it and, and just having a joyful time. Yeah. One thing I will say about that is that Walter Brueggemann said that those who practice Sabbath actually rest well on the other, uh, all, uh, they rest well all week long. Like, like, like it's not just one day, but the one day influences the rest of the days. And I think it goes the other way as well, which is if you make a practice of including God every day, which is what we're, which is what we're called to do. You're including God in everything. You're including God in your family. You get up in the morning, you have the daily Bible reading. You lay your head on the pillow at night and you have a prayer before you go to bed. You're, you're just involving God in your life. You're involved in a small group. You're involved in these things with a community of people. And really, that's the part of the problem. The community of the Jewish people, everything shuts down and it, you cooperate because it's easy. In our culture, that doesn't happen. So you have to, you have to work harder to do it. But the truth is, if you, if you include God in every day, it's not that big of a leap then. <laughs> to offer one day where he gets maybe special insight, special treatment, that he gets special influence in what you do that day. Okay, so I'm gonna ask one final question and I'm springing this on you guys. So think about it for a moment, but if you could tell everyone one thing, okay, this is weekday church, you want to do Sabbath Monday, punched you in the face. So this is one thing you need to do this week to practice the Sabbath or get ready for the Sabbath, what would that one thing be? Um, I'll kick us off since I'm asking the question. I'd say learn to say no more than you say yes mm. is really important. That's good. Um, and this is hard for me. I'm a people pleaser and I'm an optimist and I'm a dreamer and I want to always go and do things. And I remember one of my mentors telling me once, like, you love to say yes for all these reasons and you have to learn, like, you have to say no more than you say yes. You have to say no to the okay things so you can say yes to the great things. And I think so many times we say yes, yes, yes. We click okay on the calendar and then the word treadmill comes and we're just going thing to thing to thing to thing. And so I think if I'm given one piece of advice coming out of this, it is put away your phone and say no more than you say yes. Zach, what's your one piece of advice? I would say... To get ready for the Sabbath is the question in some ways, right? Just like what's something to practice, practice it, to practice it. Yeah. Put it into practice. Um, what do you need to do this week? I have one really thick, more theological option, but I'm going to save that. And so we could talk about that if we want at some point. But practically speaking, I think it's um, surrendering our mindset. So it's like just our thoughts and what we think about and attuning that to God. And so... Practically, it's when I first wake up, I'm going to be thinking about the Lord. I'm going to not be thinking about work. I think it's so easy to just siphon our mind and our soul into work right off the bat. So my first thought is delight and godly, I guess you could say. And then the last thought of the day would be restful, worshipful. And then that would get me ready to do that all day on the Sabbath. I, I like the scheduling. I like the mindset. Um Eugene Peterson writes to pastors in a series of books, and it's called the, there's a book called The Contemplative Pastor. He says, pastors are busy for two reasons, and one is vanity. They think being busy makes them important, and the other is laziness, <laughs> because they don't get to the calendar first. And I think that's what you're saying, Rob, get to the calendar first. And for, for me, 
for me, the, the marking off of Friday night at six that I gave myself the limitation, not, not just on the calendar, which I think is a really wise and well said thing. You got, you got to say yet no more than you do. Yes. But I think for me, what made me practically get the Sabbath down was at six o'clock on Friday. I stopped. It didn't matter where I was, what I was doing. I, I made an agreement and I, and I made myself accountable with my family and with my kids. And so Friday night dinner became a thing. And that's another way to do it. You plan something that you cannot undo uh, that, that kicks off the Sabbath. Um, for a while in our family, we put all the phones in a basket and tucked them away on Friday night and didn't, didn't touch them again. Uh, uh, we, we never got through doing it for 24 hours, but we did it on Friday night. And then, and then, and then, so I think, I think it is that calendaring. I set the appointment, I set it up with other people in my family. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. Some people, they, they light a candle. You know, that's a very Jewish thing to do. You light the candles, uh, for Shabbat and you enjoy it, but it's got to be something, you got to do something physical in my opinion, and you got to do something that is um, practical in the way it kicks it off. And then I limited myself to not thinking and doing anything about my job, about church till 6 p.m. on Saturday. And that day, and then occasionally I would say yes to people who wanted to schedule something on that day, like serve day, which is super important. Beautiful. Well, thank you all. Um, I'd encourage everyone, if you didn't miss Sunday or didn't get to hear the message, you can hear that on this podcast feed. Um, Listen to it there. You guys, great thoughts today. Uh, I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy this episode? I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was was great. Yeah. We want to know what you think. Feel free to subscribe, like, share the comments. We want to hear, honestly, there's nothing that means more to a group of pastors than to hear from you, hear what your thoughts are. This is a dialogue. Mm -hmm. We're wrestling this through with you. And so we want to hear what's working for you, what's not working for you. This is why we're doing this podcast is to open up this conversation. So thank you so much for listening. Remember, subscribe, like, share your thoughts. We want to hear from you. We'll see you next time on Weekday Church. Living out Sunday in a Monday world.